Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco, or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey everybody, welcome into another episode of Photo Taco on the Improved Photography Network. I'm your host, Jeff Harmon. Thanks for spending a few minutes of your day with me. In today's episode, I want to share five tips for squeezing the most speed out of Lightroom that you can. That's a tall order, I know. (laughs) But as I record this episode in mid-November 2016, the most current version of Lightroom is 2015.7 for the Creative Cloud version and 6.7 in the standalone version. Yes, it's 2016 and Lightroom CC is called 2015.7. So that's where uh, these tips are going to apply to. Although most of these tips are pretty much the same for version 5, And even a lot of them apply to Lightroom version 4. So if you're running an older version of Lightroom, some of these tips may still apply. In fact, a lot of them will still apply. And maybe that's the place to start on this, how it's really, really disappointing that these tips do apply so broadly to so many versions of Lightroom. From version 4.0 that was first released back in March of 2012 to today, nearly four and a half years later, the basic makeup of Lightroom from a performance perspective is mostly unchanged. Quite a few functional enhancements have come in that time, no doubt. But even though Adobe's claimed performance improvements with each of the major releases and even some of the minor releases over the past four years, there really hasn't been much. In fact, I think most photographers would argue it's only become slower with the releases. The biggest attempt Adobe made to a significant change was when they added GPU acceleration to Lightroom in version 6 back in April of 2015. GPU stands for Graphics Processing Unit, and it's something that is a real focus in higher-end computers. GPUs become absolutely critical in the gaming world as a way to make the graphics look more detailed and move more smoothly over the years. Yet a whole lot of post-processing software, not just Lightroom, they have yet to truly take advantage of GPU. Even though Adobe attempted to tap into that power in the release of Lightroom 6, since it only works in specific things within the develop module, and even then only works with a few specific video cards, I wouldn't say Lightroom really makes good use of the GPU today. I'll talk more about this in a moment, but it's really disappointing for me to think that in four years' time, this is the most meaningful thing Adobe's done to try to address performance issues within their Lightroom software. As a result, Lightroom is showing its age and certainly has a number of performance challenges. And today I want to give you a few tips, five of them, on how to get the very most performance out of Lightroom you can. Now, with good reason, every time I talk about Lightroom, it never fails. I hear from many photographers who have absolutely had it. It's the last straw. They have given up on the product and they have switched to one of their competitors. They are sure to let me know every time I talk about Lightroom how much better it is on the other side with whatever product they've chosen to move to. And while I'm not a professional photographer, I don't rely on photography to pay my bills. It's a really serious hobby for me, and the hours I have to do that hobby are pretty limited. And even though my livelihood doesn't depend on how fast Lightroom is working, I think I get pretty well how frustrating it is to have it crawl along as you attempt to do an edit, uh, uh, edit a session. I totally understand photographers looking to other products, but that is not what this episode is about. In this episode, I need to set aside the whole argument about switching away from Lightroom is the best way to get more performance. That might be true, but that's we're going to have to assume for this episode that for whatever reason, 
we decided we're going to stick with Lightroom and you want to make it work as good as you can. And that's where we're going to start with. The other thing I want to quickly mention right here is a little bit about why Lightroom is so slow. I'm not saying Adobe and the engineers should be given a pass here. No, on the contrary, I think they could do a lot to make it faster by better incorporating today's technology with multi-threading and GPU. I think they could also make a massive improvement and make a lot of photographers really happy if they added a cull, that's C-U-L-L, -L, a cull module, where JPEG previews that are embedded within RAW files are used to make that process much faster. Toby, if you're listening, feel free to contact me on this idea. I'd love to walk through it with you. But the job Lightroom is doing is quite a bit harder than what many other post-processing software attempts to take on. And I think there is value in my analogy here. So let's try it out and see what you think. Lightroom stores, we'll call it a recipe of sorts for every photo in your catalog. And I'm sure you've heard it said that it is a non-destructive editor. That means it doesn't alter anything about the original photo as you go to edit that photo. So if we compare that, let's say to a cake, a photo to a cake, then using Lightroom is a little bit like saying you're gonna pull all the ingredients needed to bake a cake out and bake it fresh whenever someone wants a cake versus handing them a pre-baked cake that you set aside and are storing somewhere. Of course, baking a cake fresh every time someone wants one is much harder and takes more time than having an already fully baked cake in the pantry. Again, I want to be clear, I am 100% confident that Lightroom could be made significantly faster and I hope Adobe will focus on that more than adding more features in coming releases. I just want you to understand it does have a pretty big job to do for what they've set out Lightroom to be. Okay, so tip number one. You need a good computer. Maybe an obvious tip for many who've been trying to run Lightroom for a while, but it doesn't matter what settings. It, it won't matter if you do tips two through five from this podcast. If you don't have a good enough computer, you don't have a chance. And a good enough computer, what, what does that mean? Well, it means you can't have something that's probably more than three, four, maybe five years old, and it's gonna need, it's gonna cost some money. You're gonna have to invest. Anything less than say about a thousand dollars, I haven't, I have yet to really see a good computer spec at less than a thousand dollars. And there could be some exceptions, some sales sometimes where that might work. In fact, Black Friday, you're gonna, that's coming up he soon here in the United States. And you may see a lot of deals on computers for far less money than that being advertised. But I can tell you, I'm really confident before I even see any specs on any Black Friday sales, they're not gonna be good enough to run Lightroom well, or really any post-processing software. You might find one, some specific post-processing software that does do a pretty good job without requiring so much hardware, but in general, it's gonna help you to have a good computer, even if you're not using Lightroom. Whatever software you wanna to use to edit your photos, having a good computer is important and pretty critical. Now, I'm not gonna spend any more time going over that, those specs and what you need, because I've done that in other episodes of the podcast. So specifically go look for the photo editing computer hardware podcast I did with Puget Systems. And uh, you can search for that on the Google doing photo space taco space computer hardware. It should be one of the first things that comes up. And you can check the uh, a link in the show notes. I have a lot of detail and a couple of articles at improvephotography.com as well. And you can find the links to them in the show notes too, or search on the Goog for uh, Windows Photo Editing Super Guide, 
or Mac versus PC for photographers. Both articles have pretty good information about kind of the hardware specs to look for and what you really need to run Lightroom well. They're both kind of old now. I wrote them in 2015, but they still apply, unfortunately, pretty well to where we're at and what to look for with that. All right, tip number two, edit photos from a fast hard drive. Now, even though this is really kind of a sub part of tip number one, I talk about hard drives and how having a fast one matters a lot in tip number one and, and those articles and podcasts I point you to. But, you know, it's, it's just something that photographers end up doing wrong a lot. Enough that I thought it should be its own tip in the top five list here. There are other pieces of the computer that may prove out to be more important, but this tends to be, end up being a challenge for photographers because we fill up hard drives really, really fast, especially now that super fast SSD drives have been put in so many computers, often as the only drive in the computer. It's not a bad thing from a performance perspective. It can really help your computer be much faster with not only post-processing software, but just your computer overall. The problem is that those fast SSD drives are really small compared to the storage you can get in slower HDD drives or kind of the traditional magnetic spinning drives that, that we've had forever. I've said before in the podcast that the first wall a photographer hits in post-processing is a storage wall. When you first get into photography, you just aren't prepared for the disk space you need to keep all those raw photos that you capture and suddenly you're faced with a message saying your hard drive's full. So to solve the problem, you go buy an external hard drive. I mean, what else are you supposed to do? Which will solve your storage problem. Well, okay, it will delay your storage problem for a while. But making that move can have a seriously negative impact on the performance of Lightroom. I'm not going to go into more detail on this one either. I have two Photo Taco episodes on the topic that you can listen to. You can find the links in the show notes again. You can search Photo Taco Hard Drive Full and I kind of walk through what you should do when you get that hard drive full message, and Photo Taco Photography and Storage, and I talk more about kind of my storage workflow. Um, along those same lines, I also have an article over at improvephotography.com called The Ultimate Backup Workflow for Photographers. Again, a link in the show notes will be there, or go search it on the Google. All right, tip number three, use smart previews. At the beginning of this episode, I made a big deal about Adobe not doing much with Lightroom to address performance problems over the past four years, and that wasn't entirely true. They did make what I believe to be a, an actually meaningful change in the way smart previews can be used with the very latest minor update to Lightroom 6.7 or CC 2015.7. Adobe added a checkbox to allow people to automate kind of a hack that I personally saw make Lightroom go four times faster by making it use smart previews. You can hear about that hack in the Photo Taco episode called Lightroom Smart Previews by hitting the link in the show notes or searching Photo Taco Smart Previews on the Goog. Lightroom works significantly faster off of smart previews than it does the massive original files you have on your computer, especially massive raw files. You can think of smart previews kind of as mini raw files. They're much smaller in file size on your hard drive, which makes them much easier for Lightroom to open up and cache in memory and kind of run the recipes of the sliders and adjustments you've made. For most photographers, the raw files you have are so large, in fact, that you can't even fit every pixel in the photo on the screen. 
Yet Lightroom has to spend a ton of time reading every single one of those pixels and figuring out how to present it. It's almost always wasted computation time that you don't need. I highly recommend enabling the checkbox to use smart previews in the develop module. You can do that by going to edit preferences on PC or Lightroom preferences on Mac. Then go to the performance tab and check the use smart previews instead of originals for image editing option. Although I have to say here that I would have liked to see Adobe go a bit further with this than they did. As for me, I still see more of a speed improvement by doing the hack of renaming the folder with the original files as I outlined in that Photo Taco Smart Previews episode. So go check that out if you're interested in doing that. And that's exactly how I am using it myself today. I had the checkbox checked, but I see more improvement by still doing my hack in other places in Lightroom. Okay, whether using the hack or the performance checkbox in the preferences window, in order for Smart Previews to help you, you have to generate them. And that is a pain. It's not only too slow today, but there seems to be a pretty well-observed bug constantly talked about in the Adobe forums about how Lightroom gets slower and slower to do the generation of those previews. Meaning that the first time you do them on import, it goes okay. It's not super speedy by any stretch, but it's okay. But if you leave Lightroom open over a period of days to weeks and you keep doing imports and you keep generating the previews, that time it takes to generate the previews gets slower and slower and slower. The bug's actually been tied more to kind of generating the one-to-one -one previews than smart previews, but I've anecdotally observed this with smart previews as well. So along with having Lightroom know how to actually use the smart previews, I recommend that you close the applic application completely after every editing session to avoid the bug. Or, or better might be even before you do an, a fresh import, first close Lightroom entirely. Just make sure it's shut down completely so that you will start Lightroom fresh as you're gonna go do that import and gonna generate smart previews. Speaking of importing and generating previews, let me give you a recommendation that I still consider to be part of this tip number three. I would definitely generate smart previews on import. I, I hope you kind of get that, that that's a definite do it. They can be built later, of course, but it makes a massive difference in performance that it's worth the wait to have them generated on import. Go get a go get a drink or something while you're uh, while you're doing the import. It might be good for you to take a break and stand up anyway as you're doing that. But go take a small break and come back. Let the previews get generated, and you'll be much much happier. All right. So you generate smart previews on import. What about the one to one previews? Is it worthwhile to generate those on import as well? Well, first off, you need to know that one-to-one -one previews are not used in any way in the develop module. So one-to-one -one previews are only valuable if you'll do a lot of zooming within the library module. I've compared the performance in library module between generating one-to-one -one previews and using my hack to force Lightroom to use smart previews. Remember, the new checkbox only uses smart previews in the develop module. And for me, my testing, smart previews is still faster than the one-to-one -one previews and keeping the original files online. So I never generate one-to-one -one previews on import because I am not a user that does zooming in the library module and that's where it helps. So I don't generate one-to-one -one previews on import. You might choose to, that might be a use case you need and you might wanna generate them, but I don't. And so there's my recommendation on how to improve some speed, save time on import, don't generate the one-to-one -one previews. Okay, let's move on to tip number four. 
and that is disable graphics acceleration. If you were following along and went in the performance tab of the preferences window to enable the use of smart previews for image editing, you likely saw the option just above it to use graphics processor. For a huge percentage of you, my advice is to disable that option by leaving it unchecked. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, the intention here was that Lightroom would tap into the power that is available in modern graphics cards but even with the feature added in Lightroom 6, it was fairly narrowly implemented. By that I mean Lightroom only goes to the GPU for a few features in the develop module, and it was really engineered to make a positive difference only when using a display with a resolution higher than 2K. So if you're running 4K or 5K displays, then you definitely need to give it a try with graphics acceleration enabled by checking that checkbox there in the performance tab of the preferences window. Other than that, if you're using a display that is full HD, so that's 1920 by 1080, or WQHD, which is 2560 by 1400, or even up to WQXGA, which is 2560 by 1600, enabling GPU acceleration is more likely going to make things slower rather than faster, at least as it's implemented now. Now, what if you have a 4K display and after checking that box, things are terrible. Maybe you have a, a not very supported video card inside your computer and you've got a 4K display. Well, you're kind of stuck, but the next best thing to do, and this is totally another hack for sure, is leave the checkbox unchecked in the performances tab of that preferences window, and then don't run Lightroom in full screen. It's designed so that it will run, you know, the graphics is supposed to help you when you have Lightroom running at full screen display in like a 4K view. So if you enable graphics and it's really, really bad, um, the next best thing to do is, is uncheck that and run it smaller. If you, if you size that window down so that it's smaller than say about 2560 by 1600, then the performance will be better. It just, it's totally dependent on how big that window is about how, uh, performant Lightroom is. So if it's not performing well, and this would go even for, um, regular use on like a 2K monitor or a, one of those WXQGA monitors, 2560 by 1600. If it's not going fast enough for you, you could try sizing the window a little bit smaller and see if the performance improves. I sure hope that Lightroom 7, Adobe figures out how to tap into the power of the GPU and it really makes a real-time response of the sliders react like instantaneously in the develop module because that's what I think it could do if they implement it well. All right, before I share the last tip in this episode, I want to really quick tell you that this episode is in part made possible by the Improved Photography Retreat. If you heard this over the past several episodes, but as I record this episode, there are less than 10 tickets remaining to the first ever photography conference put on by Improved Photography. If you liked today's episode and would like to learn more about Lightroom, about Photoshop, how to use your camera, HDR, all kinds of topics, you should come and join me and the other hosts of the podcast on the Improved Photography Network down in Phoenix, Arizona in March 2017. Buy your ticket today at improvephotographyretreat.com. All right, tip number five, the last one. Workflow matters. <laughs> it's the last tip I want to share in the episode, and it may be the hardest one to work through because it could mean changing your workflow. There are some things you can do as part of processing a photo that are harder for Lightroom to do than others. And if you do one of those harder things first, 
then even the relatively easy things for Lightroom become bogged down and hard and they get really frustrating. I think this is probably the most common problem why people feel like Lightroom has bad days sometimes. I don't know, maybe it really does. But what I do know is that if you, if you do things in a specific order, you'll help Lightroom be as fast as it can be. It's terrible that you have to do this. Tools for creatives need to allow for the creativity to happen. And that doesn't usually come in a specific order. But if you want Lightroom to perform, then you gotta play the game here, at least for now, as of this version. The first thing that I wanna raise in the workflow order has to do with presets, and I love presets. I, I don't use them nearly enough in my workflow. I need to. I need to do a better job of applying presets in my workflow. And every year, Jim produces a fantastic collection of presets that he practically gives away as part of a Black Friday sale. Speaking of which, that's coming up really soon here in the US and you need to watch for that sale at improvephotography.com to get your hands on an excellent set at a very, very low price. All right, anyway, if you're gonna apply the same preset to all or most of the photos in a session, you either need to apply that preset on import or generate previews after you have applied the preset. If you apply a preset across a lot of photos that you're editing, That'll mean all of the previews for those photos have to be regenerated. So if you generated previews on, or the previews on import, then you apply some preset, like the same preset to all of those shots that you just imported, what's gonna happen is Lightroom now, one by one, is gonna have to go and regenerate those previews on all those photos again. So you don't wanna do that. You don't, wanna, you don't want that to be a problem. If you need to preview or take a look at how a preset's gonna look, on a specific editing session and then you're gonna to apply it to a bunch of them, skip generating any previews on import and wait until after you've applied the presets to do that. So there's the first kind of tweak. Probably not very hard to implement that one. Next, in a performance optimized workflow, you should disable all background tasks. The most current version of Lightroom, it'll do a whole bunch of things in the background after you import. It will sync with Lightroom Mobile, it will do address lookups, it'll do face detection, and you can even have like export processes running in the background and so on. All of that will really slow down your editing with those things running in the background. So you need to pause those background features while you're editing. Have Lightroom focus on what you're doing in editing and not be trying to do other things in the background. So to do that, you click on the identity plate in the top left corner of Lightroom and you press pause buttons in the activity center. So it's kind of this drop down that has things that it might be doing in the background and you can just click this little button to pause each one of them. So you can pause them all and then when you're kind of done with your session, you might want to go back, if you use those features, go back and start those processes again because it'll stay paused even across restarts until you go and unpause them. I personally kind of leave them paused all the time, except for the collections syncing, which I'm using a lot more lately, actually. All right, probably no big change thus far, far to your workflow to make it so that you have kind of a performance-optimized workflow. But now there's, <laughs> there's something that might change how you work in Lightroom. And for this recommendation, I'm going to steal something suggested straight from my friend Victoria Bampton, 
also known as the Lightroom Queen, who in a fairly recent blog post over at lightroomqueen.com recommended a very specific order for you to use the panels and adjustment brushes and spot healing in Lightroom. So here's the order that she recommended to get the most performance out of it, out of uh, editing a single photo. So first, do tonal adjustments. That's mostly the basic panel. Do all of those things very, very first. Might be a good reason why it is listed as the first panel, but they're often done first and that's the thing that you should do first. Those are kind of the easy things for Lightroom to do. Second, spot healing. Third, lens corrections. So applying a lens profile, doing a manual transform slider, using upright, those kinds of things. Fourth, local corrections, like any of the adjustment brushes, graduated filter, radial filter, and fifth, Detail corrections like noise reduction and sharpening. And I have absolutely seen that where if you go apply noise reduction and sharpening at the beginning of your processing of a photo, ooh, it's it's ugly. <laughs> Lightroom slows to a crawl for the rest of the like basic panel sliders even. So do that very last. Even if you pull up a photo and you're like, oh, the noise, the noise. I can't handle the noise. I need to go fix that. Put that off, ignore the noise. I know it's hard, I've had that myself. It's really tough to ignore it, but on your photo, ignore the noise until the end. Apply everything else first, and then do noise reduction and sharpening. Now, my own workflow, it mostly followed that pattern anyway, because the panels are kind of laid out that way, like I said. Maybe that's why the panels are ordered the way they are. But as I'm editing my photos, I do try things out in different orders all the time. I wouldn't say it's exactly the same flow every single time I open up a photo. So if you find you're going back into the basic panel to do some slider edits and it's behaving really slowly, there is another trick you can use. Again, it's kind of a hack, I think, essentially, that uh, to make it so that you can kind of make the panel function faster again, just like it did if you'd followed the workflow order as suggested. So. One of those things, let's let's take the details panel since I, I harped on that one so badly. Uh, if If your basic panel is really slow and you think it's because you went and did a bunch of sharpening or noise reduction in the details panel, you can temporarily kind of disable the details panel and make it so that the rest of it will get to faster speeds again. So to do that, you would go there's um, to the left of the title of each panel. So left of where it says detail there on the right hand side of Lightroom, right to the left of that, there's looks like a little light switch to me. I don't know what the real formal name of that icon is, but I will call it the light switch icon. And with it up, the light is on and that panel, whatever the sliders are in that panel, Lightroom will render the effects of those sliders in that panel. It will apply whatever you've done in that panel. With the switch down, the light is off and settings in that of the sliders in that panel, they'll remain there. You're not going to lose your settings by turning it off temporarily like that with a little light switch but it won't, Lightroom will ignore the sliders that are in there. Kind of use the defaults, whatever the defaults are, and it will ignore whatever's in there. And that makes it so that now, if you went and temporarily turn that light switch off on the details panel, you go back to the basic panel, things should be faster again, you'll be able to do your, your adjustments, and then you go back down to the details panel and turn it on. So there, there you go, that's another thing you can do. Now another note about the list order here is that if you're gonna do a lot with spot healing or adjustment brushes, it will ultimately be faster to round trip over into Photoshop and make those adjustments there. I've become far more comfortable with this approach in the past year. 
And I prefer not only the speed, but the vastly superior functionality available in Photoshop to do these edits. Healing, spot healing in particular is just so much better in Photoshop. You can make edits look much cleaner in removing those kinds of things, distracting items or trying to, to fix acne or, or whatever kind of little edits you wanna do, spot healing. I really prefer the functionality over in Photoshop. In fact, I actually skip spot healing and much of the adjustment brushes in Lightroom now because I prefer how those features function in Photoshop over the more limited function in Lightroom. I know for many, the goal is to stay out of Photoshop because it slows your workflow down. But I'm also sure you've seen how slow Lightroom gets as you add more and more spot healing and adjustment brushes to a photo. It seems like if you add like, I don't know, five, six, seven spot healing places on your photo, it starts to get super slow really fast. And then you have maybe some radial filters and some uh, other adjustment brushes with, uh, I don't know, white balance on a specific part of an image. The more of those you add, the slower it gets. And it's gonna be better overall. I think it's worth it to round trip into Photoshop if you're gonna do a lot of that and do it there in Photoshop and then come back into Lightroom. It's definitely worth it to me to save that for the last. All right, that's it for this episode. Those are the five tips and I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope it will help you to get the most out of Lightroom or it may convince you that it's time to switch. Whichever case, hopefully it's helpful. As a quick reminder, you can suggest topics for the show through the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash phototaco or through Instagram by messaging at phototaco podcast or through email. The address is podcast at gmail.com. No question is too basic or too complicated for the show. If I don't know the answer to the question, I'll see about bringing on an expert guest on the show to go through it or I'll go research it myself. Don't forget to check out the other podcasts on the Improved Photography Network, Portrait Sessions, Tripod, and Improved Photography. Also take some time to head over to the mothership at improvedphotography.com for news, gear, and other photo tip articles and be on the lookout for that Black Friday sale for presets. It is the best way to improve your photography. Views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of improved photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a commission is earned. Olay!